Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm talking about 2017. I'm going through the decade here every year. I've talked about 2019. I've talked about 2018. Now I'm talking about 2017. And just what I'm doing here, I'm just real quick going through the year, talking about my favorite movies and my favorite video games. And I'm also going to dive into a little bit of some of the Oscar and the Game Award stuff that happened this year as well. Uh, but let's just let's just get into this quickly here. You know, I've already done a, a best of 2017 list back in 2017 at the end of that year. But I'm also going to like kind of compare lists to see how things have changed as well. Uh, compare the list I made this time as opposed to the list I made in that year. And then once we get back a, a couple years past this one, there won't even be lists to compare because I'll have not been doing the podcast at that point. So, 2017 in movies, which is what we're going to start out with here, 2017 in movies, some really great movies came out this year. There's just like a wealth of movies that came out this year that I, I really enjoy. So, I mean, here's some of the ones that didn't even make my list, you know, Split, Get Out, The Belko Experiment, Alien Covenant, uh, Slight, It. Uh, Mother, Brawl in Cell Block 99, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, uh, Happy Death Day, Thor Ragnarok, The Disaster Artist, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and uh, the Lego Batman movie. A lot of movies here that didn't even make my list that I, I really enjoyed. But now let's just, just start here on the list immediately. Uh, so number 10, I got King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. I really enjoyed this movie. Kind of a fun, fantasy, fantastical take on King Arthur that I thought was extremely underrated and just an absolute blast. I really wish this movie took off. You know, I wish this movie made the money in order to make this a series, but it's because it's got this, this fun Guy Ritchie style. Guy Ritchie was the director. I really really enjoyed King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Check this one out if you haven't yet. It is extremely underrated in my opinion. Number nine, I got John Wick Chapter 2. Absolutely insane, amazing action with a fun core central character and some cool, interesting world building going on here. Uh, not quite as good as the first movie, in my opinion, but just an absolute blast of a movie. John Wick Chapter 2, so much fun. Number 8, I got Wonder Woman. Man, this movie was fantastic. This is, uh... This is, this is really the first kind of movie in this new series of DC movies that kind of showed how DC could be different from each other, you know, because they've all kind of had that serious kind of tone. Was Suicide Squad out at this point? Potentially, but... Either way, that, that movie kind of messed up some stuff and kind of flopped anyway. It didn't flop, it did amazingly well for a movie that was kind of, <laughs> that, that was, was as messed up as that movie was. Uh, but this is the one that showed, look, here, we can have some fun, we can have some levity, you know, we can have kind of a, a good fun time, but also kind of taking it seriously, also giving you some good serious characters, a fantastic Wonder Woman, a, a fantastic Steve Trevor, and just an amazing, amazing action sequences in here, and I just, I love this movie, Wonder Woman, fantastic movie here. Uh, number seven, 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Extremely fun, better than the first movie, in my opinion, which I, it doesn't seem like most people agree with me on that one. Uh, I don't know, it seems like most of the, the like, reviewers and things that I, I hear of always say, oh, I think I like the first one better. So, I, I disagree in that respect. I think this one did a better job at separating some of the comedy and some of the drama in ways that needed to happen where it was still it's still basically a comedy it's still comedic it's still hilarious but at the same time it it put the comedy on one side and it put the drama on another side where those two didn't intersect so much that I couldn't take the drama seriously or you know I couldn't take the comedy seriously both of those worked in their own sections well and then you know when the drama hits it hits hard and it's it's really well done and the the themes of fatherhood and stuff going on through this movie uh, it works really well for me. Uh, number six is another one with themes of fatherhood here. Train to Busan. This is a absolutely fantastic, uh, I think it's, is it Korean, uh, movie about zombies. Zombies on a, a train, they're on a train to Busan, and then zombies break out, and they gotta make their way down the train and off and, and escape all these zombies. Just crazy, fun zombie movie. I've never seen more punching zombies in the face than is in this movie, but it's great, though. You know, just hearing that, though, don't think this is just the action-fest zombie movie because, man, does this movie have heart. Man, does this movie pull on your heartstrings in some fantastic and extremely effective ways. If you have not seen Train to Busan and you don't mind reading some subtitles, check this movie out. It's fantastic. Number five, Baby Driver. This movie is so much fun, man. This movie, just an absolute blast. You got Edgar Wright directing a, I'd say probably a much more American movie as compared to his much more British movies that are the, the Cornetto trilogy and the, the movies and stuff that he made before Baby Driver, but still with that fun, witty style, stylish action, great, enjoyable, so much fun characters here, and just an absolute blast, you know? This is just, this movie is just oozing style, and I, I love it. Baby Driver, such a fantastic movie. Uh, Number four, I have Mayhem. This is a dark comedy that is about an office worker that gets uh, fired, he's mad, and then suddenly there's some kind of weird disease or something that just lets everybody release their uh, inhibitions or whatever. They release any thoughts of like, oh, you know, this might be bad later on, and they just do whatever in the world they want to do which means this dude that is mad because he was fired is going to go kill his boss. At least that's his mission at the beginning of the movie. And it is ridiculous. It's over the top. Absolutely hilarious but in, a, in a very dark kind of messed up way. And I, I really enjoyed Mayhem. If that sounds like it's your kind of movie, check this one out. It's, it's very funny. It's very fun. And it's also kind of messed up too. Number three, I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Really really enjoyed this movie. Uh, a fantastic kind of reinvention of Spider-Man and a, fa a fantastic kind of introduction into the MCU. I mean, he was in the MCU before with Civil War, but this is his first solo movie in the MCU and just a, a great, fantastic movie. Not perfect in my opinion, not 
Probably my favorite portrayal of Spider-Man, but not my favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, but just absolutely fantastic. I, I have some issues with Homecoming that I, I think I've talked about before on the podcast. But overall, I absolutely loved this movie. This is, I mean, it's, it's Spider-Man, and I at least like every single one of the movies, you know? Even some of the worst ones where it's like, yeah, but there's still elements in here that I really like. This one is not one of the worst ones. This is, is among the top-tier Spider-Man movies, and it's, it's fantastic. I love it. Number two, I got Blade Runner 2049. Man, I love this movie, man. I didn't even care all that much for the original Blade Runner. I thought it, there was there was cool ideas, there was cool concepts and stuff in there, but ultimately when it came down to it, I wasn't crazy about the first Blade Runner, original Blade Runner movie. And then this one comes out and just expounds upon those ideas. It, it really dives into to themes of humanity, what it means to be human, and at what point would we not be human or, you know, all, all this kind of crazy stuff. And and it's just, it's fantastic. I enjoyed it so much. It's got some amazing action. It's got some stunning, stunning visuals. It's extremely slow. It's it's very slow paced, slow moving, but to, to great effect to tell the story that they wanted to tell. I loved it. Number one, I have... Logan. Oh my goodness, I love this movie. One of my favorite movies of all time, like among among that list. I don't know where it would end up, but it will be on that list whenever I make that top 100 movies list that I will inevitably make at some point. Logan will be in the top 20, probably. I don't know how many, but it, he'll be up there. It'll be up there because this movie is so fantastic. The best of any of the Fox Marvel movies. So best, better than any of the actual X-Men movies, better than any of the other Wolverine movies, and, and, uh, better than most of the MCU, which is, is bonkers, in my opinion. It's, it's crazy how good Logan is. Just such a fantastic emotional impact that this movie has. Uh, it's, it's kind of the, the classic kind of, you know, oh, father-daughter type story of like, oh, you know, at first they're like, they, they hit it off wrong or whatever, and then they have to learn to love each other. Well, this blah, 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 you've heard it a million times, but it's done so stinking well in this movie that I just absolutely loved it. And once again, the themes of, of fatherhood coming through strong here. Man, looking back at this list, the themes of fatherhood come through really strong, because, I mean, going back here, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, all about fathers, you know, Ego, the living planet, Star-Lord's father, and all this kind of stuff, uh, Train to Basan, and also Yandu and stuff, Train to Basan is all about this, this father-daughter relationship, you know, uh, then Spider-Man Homecoming is kind of that, you got Peter Parker, and then you have Iron Man kind of being his, his mentor kind of thing in a, in a somewhat fatherly relationship, but a little bit less so, I would say, there, I guess. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, also very strong fatherly connections, which I, I guess I won't say too much about. And then uh, Logan, which is definitely this kind of fatherly relationship with uh, X-23 there, Laura. Uh, absolutely fantastic. So, I guess that those are some of the themes that really are... Uh that really connect with me, I suppose. And so, uh, if you want to make a movie that I'm going to love, you, that you include some of those themes, I guess. Uh, so, there's my list 
of, uh, of of my favorite 2017 movies, looking back on it a few years in the future from there. But what did I think back then? What was my t- what, what did 2017 David have to say about all this? Well, let's real quickly look at the list. The, the first one on the list here didn't even make it on my list this time. So number 10, I had Mother. Now, this is a really interesting, bizarre movie. One of the weirdest movies that I've ever seen. But I really enjoyed Mother. Really interesting, I would say bad, like not good themes, I would say for the most part. But really interesting thematic material that, that leaves you thinking. And just the most bizarre, off-the-wall storytelling and imagery and everything that you've seen in that movie and then they they like kind of show it in with a lot of like biblical kind of imagery and stuff and they're just one of the most fascinating movies like I've ever seen just watching it and just going what in the world was this guy smoking when he made this movie I don't know but I really enjoyed it uh but it got bumped off the uh, the the list here because I have some of the movies that are higher up that I think got put on to this list that I, I didn't have on this list here before. So then I had uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword at number nine, which I had on the list. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was at number eight. So that actually kind of went up a little bit because it was at number seven on my list now. So that actually went up a little bit in my mind. Wonder Woman actually traded places with it because Wonder Woman is number seven on the 2017 list here. Uh, Number six, John Wick Chapter 2. Number five, Spider-Man Homecoming. So Spider-Man Homecoming went up a few notches here too. Uh, It was was at number five, which is fairly low down on a list for a Spider-Man movie for me. That's kind of crazy. Number four, I got Train to Basan. So that one, this one was higher up on my list and moved down a couple notches, but either way, it's still fantastic. Number three, Baby Driver. Number two, Blade Runner 2049. Number one, Logan. So those top two remaining the same. So a lot of the other ones still being in there, but uh, Mother got bumped out when uh, Mayhem came on the list. Uh, Coming in really high on the list for me because I really enjoyed that movie. But really, the list stayed very similar to what it was in the end of, of 2017 here. So a good list of movies. A lot of movies here that I really enjoy. But contrary to popular opinion, my opinion is not the only one that matters. So, uh, <laughs> so we're going to look at the, uh, the Oscars here. What did the Oscars have to say about the movies this year? And I'm, I'm not going to talk about all of them for sure. I'm just going to kind of go through and, and pick out some of the things that seem interesting to me. So let's just look through the, the best picture nominees here. We got, uh, Dark... Uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That is not a good name for a movie, in my opinion. Whatever. Uh, and also the The Shape of Water, which ultimately won Best Picture. Now, out of these, I've seen The Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Get Out, and that's it. And so, out of those three movies, which is my favorite, I mean, Get Out is my favorite. Uh, honestly, I don't know that Get Out necessarily deserved the Oscar. It's a really good movie, but it's it's not an amazing movie in my opinion and it 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 seems to me that that movie got into the the Oscar nominations because it was a discussion about uh, about racism, you know, and and racism in America and stuff. And so it's it's, it's touching on this hot button issue that and, and in a, in a way that 
Hollywood likes, and so they ended up nominating it for Best Picture. And that that's the way that nomination kind of seems to me a little bit more so than it being the best movie. You know, honestly, I thought Us was better than Get Out. You know, I thought Us was significantly better than Get Out. You know, I thought that was a fantastic movie, whereas Get Out is like just a really good movie, you know? Uh, But that said, you know, uh, Dunkirk, you know, solid war movie, I guess, but I didn't care for it. I just think they didn't develop the characters well enough at all, which is crazy because Christopher Nolan is always great at having great characters in a fantastic story. This, like, had kind of an interesting story, but the the angle they took on it was kind of weird and just, I I wasn't crazy about Dunkirk. And then The Shape of Water, which is really well made and and some really, you know, things I, I did like in that movie, but ultimately the movie is just kind of a big, uh, It's just a movie that's about, you know, homosexuality and how it's okay and it's good and it should be celebrated. And so it also doesn't surprise me that that uh, got in here. It surprises me a little bit that it won just because it's about a fish man. And that's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's a thing that is so like my style and less of the Academy's style you would think. But because of the, the thematic stuff and stuff is some of the, the reason I think it, it won. Also, it was really well made. So, I mean, what can I say? Uh, and honestly, those are the ones I'm the most interested in. I mean, Darkest Hour is probably good. Uh, that's a movie about Winston Churchill, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, f- I don't know. The other ones, they could be good. They're probably good, I guess. But I, I guess I wasn't particularly interested. And so I just, I didn't watch those. Uh, Logan, which I think is better than all of these movies, by the way, uh, got nominated for the best adapted screenplay, which is cool. It's cool to see a comic book movie in there. But that lost to Call Me By Your Name. Uh, the Boss Baby was nominated for the best animated movie, which is just hilarious because that. <laughs> To me, that movie looks kind of terrible, but it lost to Coco, which is a movie that I haven't seen, you know, because I I stopped trusting Pixar as a a great movie producing studio because they have made too many bad movies. And so now it's just, eh, if I, if I watch the next Pixar movie, I watch it. If I don't, I don't, you know, they've become like any other studio to me at this point. Uh... Blade Runner 2049 won Best Cinematography and Best Visual Effects, which, I mean, that's... It deserved it. The cinematography was insane. The visual effects, it looked so good. that Absolutely insane, you know? And then it got nominated for several other, uh, like, technical categories, but uh, didn't win those ones. Uh, Baby Driver, though, got nominated for Best Sound Editing and Mixing, and also for Best Editing, uh, but it didn't win any of those, unfortunately. Uh, but I think it deserved those, too, because the Edgar Wright movies are always, like, really snappy and, you know, all the way it's moving, and then the uh, the sound editing... I mean, I, I'm not one to talk about that, I guess, because I don't know all that much about that kind of thing, but the way the sound all worked in that movie was fantastic, so I love it. All right, now we're going to move on to video games. What are my favorite video games of 2017? And while we had a fantastic year in movies, I think, this was a good year in video games, though maybe not utterly amazing. I think we got, I think we got 10 really kind of solid good games here, but... Yo, by the time we got to the end of the list, it was looking a little weaker, and, uh, like, the, the, the nominations, the, uh, honorable mentions here, I mean, we got Call of Duty World War II, which is a, a weaker entry in the Call of Duty franchise, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War, which was pretty fun, but I had a lot of problems playing that game, and, uh, 
And Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is fun, but I, I guess I have issues with that game too. Uh, so just diving into my list here, number 10, I got Prey. I think this this game was good, this was fun, like alien, uh, outer space, with mixture with Bioshock-y type game, and I enjoyed it for the most part. It's uh, Ultimately, I never ended up finishing it, and it was... Is the kind of thing where I think it had way more potential than ultimately it, it ended up, like, giving us. But, that said, it, it was fun, it was enjoyable, and I wish it got a sequel that would have just capitalized on all the potential that this game had, you know? Uh, number nine, I got Little Nightmares. This is like a, a puzzle platformer kind of game where you're a little kid and you walk around and then there's these giant terrifying monsters and this game is terrifying despite the fact that you're just playing as this little kid walking around jumping on things. It's weird, but I I really enjoyed it. It's the kind of thing where you, you play it and it's like, oh, it's kind of a fun experience, but what in the tarnation was the story of this thing? What in tarnation was actually going on with this thing? I don't really know. Is he a vampire? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Little Nightmares... Interesting little game, fun little game. If it's on sale, I would recommend picking it up and trying it out, but if it looks like your kind of game. But ultimately, it wasn't like amazing or anything. I'm curious about the Little Nightmares 2, which is coming up uh, not this year, maybe next year. Anyway, I'm, I'm curious about that one. Uh, number eight, we got The Walking Dead Season 3, The Final Frontier, which is the weakest season of The Walking Dead, though it was still good. It's a... Uh, it's, it's the season where, I mean, Clementine is still in it, but now we're following this other guy. I don't remember his name, or otherwise I would say it right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're following this other guy and kind of his family, and, and the, the story that they built up there was good. I, I think I enjoyed that story and stuff, but ultimately, the best parts of that game, no doubt, were whenever Clementine was in the story, and she's a great character. I really liked her, and I liked her story. I just wish we got more of it in this one, and and they knew that because when the final season came around, they were like, "Oh, here's Clementine back. We're just gonna let you play as her," and that was uh, it was better. Let's say, let's just say that was better. Uh, Walking Dead season three, though, it was good. I enjoyed it, uh, though. Again, one of the weaker seasons of the Walking Dead uh, video game series here. Number seven, I have Assassin's Creed Origins, and this is a. Uh, this is kind of the, the restart. This is really when the Assassin's Creed series started changing things up. They kind of started going into more of an RPG type territory, which, you know, I'm not a crazy about RPG, but I think, uh, RPGs, but I think they made the, the action a lot better. They, they changed up certain things in ways that, that I prefer. You know, they made it more action-y in some ways, less stealth required, I think, which, you know, stealth is good in video games, and, and, you know, that can be a fun part of the Assassin's Creed games for sure, but, uh, but having it where you could be either stealth or action or some kind of mixture of both, I think is, uh, is better in my opinion. That's, that's, I guess, just more the gameplay style that I, uh, prefer. This was a fun game, cool setting, we, you know, set in, uh, in Egypt, ancient Egypt, very cool, uh, not, Utterly amazing. I think the uh, I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey is really is 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 my favorite Assassin's Creed game. I thought it was it was really really good, and the gameplay and everything is so much improved in that game. I'm really looking forward to Valhalla, but uh, yeah, this one 
it's a definite, I think it's a step in the right direction. It's good, it's fun. I played all the way through it and I had a good time, uh, but it's, it's a step towards what I think is going to be the really good era of Assassin's Creed games, uh, which is what I think we're in right now. Number six, I got Injustice 2. Love this game, man. I love this game. Uh, fantastic fighter, DC Universe fighting game where you can play as just this whole host of characters. You got Swamp Thing, you got Batman, you got Flash, you got Aquaman, you got Zatanna. You just got all these different characters all thrown into the mix here and fighting each other. And it's just a blast, man. So much fun. I, I really like the Injustice games. When is Injustice 3 coming, guys? I want Injustice 3 uh, it's probably the next one, I guess. They just made a Mortal Kombat game. This is made by the same people who make Mortal Kombat, so maybe this is their next one. They go back and forth kind of thing. I don't know. I love the Injustice games. I want an Injustice 3. And at number 5, we have Horizon Zero Dawn. Really enjoyed this movie. Now, I, I do think people talk this, the, this game up uh, more than I prefer it. <laughs> no, nah, you can talk it up as much as you want. But... I think this movie's a bit overrated, is what I'm trying to say. I really enjoyed it. I think this is a really fun, cool, open-world game. You got giant robot dinosaurs. I mean, that is really cool, right? That said, the story didn't grab me as much as I wanted it to. And, you know, some of the characters... Well, I, I liked Aloy, basically. I liked Aloy, and I liked kind of her mentor character that was in, like, the first part of the game before she leaves to go with these trials or whatever is going on there. And so... I like those two characters. Beyond that, all the characters are completely forgettable and uninteresting, in my opinion. Uh, the combat is fun, though I think there is improvements to be made in that area as well. And so, I hope with this next one, Horizon for, for, Forbidden West. Horizon for, Horizon Forbidden West, I think is what it's called. Uh, I, I hope in this next one, they, they improve on some of those elements, but I really enjoyed... Horizon Zero Dawn, and I think the, the world building is really cool and interesting in here, and I'm excited to see what they're where they're going to go with this next. I think the next one will be even better. I think they'll up their game. You know, it, for, for the first one in a, a new franchise of games, I think it's, it's really good. In at number four, I have Nier Automata. This game came out of nowhere for me. I kind of tried this game. I don't even remember why I tried this game because I'd never really knew much at all about it. I never played the first Nier. It's just like, hey, now I'm just going to try this game out. And it's a, it's amazing. I loved this game, man. It's about robots in a robot apocalypse, but there's like some people or something maybe. And uh, no, there is people for sure. And But you play as a robot, and you have this robot companion character, and you go out there, and there's all these bad robots. But then, wait, then, well, who's this other village of robots that are, like, partying with balloons and stuff? What's going on with this, people? Big mystery. You figure things out. Weird, weird stuff is going on in this world. Some amazing, crazy, weird world building going on here. Some fun action, if not too simplistic, probably. It could have been a little bit better. But, dude, I want... The next Nier. I want Nier Automata 2, you know, whatever that is. It looks like the first Nier is about, like, it's the same universe, but a very different story in that universe. And so it's like, no, I want, I want B2 back and uh, the other one. I don't know. They're both named, like, no, 2B is what it's called. Because every time they said it, I think 2B or not 2B, that is the question. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Nier Automata, man. I love this game. This, this was just fantastic. 
Uh, number three, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. I love the Wolfenstein games, man. These new Wolfenstein games are just fantastic. Uh, so, you know, Wolfenstein The New Order, the first one in this series of Wolfenstein games, just one of the best first-person shooters I've ever played. Just absolutely fantastic. This one takes that core shooting system and just, it, it just continues it on, you know, and it's just absolutely fantastic. The story in this one, I, I, there's some characters and stuff I don't really like in this one, but for the most part, I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed some of these characters in here and, uh, and just the, the shooting and the action and everything in this game is phenomenal. Wolfenstein 2, just absolutely phenomenal. When's Wolfenstein 3 coming out? I mean, we got Youngblood, which is like, okay, that was a pretty fun in-between type thing, but let's get Wolfenstein 3. I think they're making it. My, my guess is they're making it, but let, let's get it. Let's get it going, guys. All right, number two, I got Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice. Really, really enjoyed this one. I'm, but honestly, now I'm questioning. Wait, should Wolfenstein 2 go above this one? Anyway, whatever. Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice. Uh, this because I didn't like the combat in this game. That that's my main drawback. If we're just gonna start with a negative, I didn't like the combat in this game. That said. The story, I think, is absolutely fascinating and psychedelic and just really bizarre and weird. Uh, you are this this girl that is going into hell, uh, like Helheim-type hell, you know? And uh, she's going there because, well, I won't spoil it, but she's going there on this quest for somebody. And she goes in there. She has uh, mental problems going in there. And so you hear the voices that are in her head telling her what to do. And... They're, they're, sometimes they're telling you things to do that are good. Sometimes they're telling you things to do that are bad. Sometimes they're like, hey, there's somebody right behind you. And you turn around and there's not. Or sometimes there is, you know? And it really kind of screws with you in a, in a really effective way that I've, I've never seen a game do like this so well. And I'm like, man, that is really, really cool. And I can't wait for Hellblade Sinua's Saga, which is coming out on, I think it's an Xbox exclusive now, which is a little bit of a bummer for me, because uh, I am a more of a PlayStation guy, but I'll still get my hands on it. I'll still play that, because man, I really, really enjoyed Sinua's Sacrifice. This one, this is one of the best looking games I've ever seen, also, by the way. Man, like, this game is phenomenal in the graphics department. The facial animation in here is unmatched I think I don't think I've seen a game with better facial animation and I'm playing The Last of Us 2 right now which the facial animation in The Last of Us 2 is the bomb man it's awesome but I still think I still look at Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice and I'm like man how did they do that that is insane how good this game looks my number one game though of 2017 it's The Evil Within 2. Man, I love this game. A fantastic survival horror, semi-open world game. I guess open world in the way that, uh, open level type game maybe you would call it. In the way like, like the more recent Tomb Raiders have been. Where it opens up to this big area, there's monsters, there's zombies, there's all kinds of stuff. Then, uh, once again, with the father theme going on here, we got this dad that is going into this absolutely horrible situation, this psychedelic, terrible, weird situation that he has technically been in before, and he'd be like, nah, I don't ever want to go in that again, except 
He has to go in there to rescue his daughter. And so he goes in there. You have a story in there that is interesting, that's emotionally affecting by the time it comes to the end. And you really get into the characters and you really are rooting for this dad to find his daughter. And it's so well done. And you got Kidman in there too, which is another great character that I think if they make a third game, which they're probably not going to because they're making Ghostwire Tokyo now, but if they make a third game, Let's let's make this a Kidman game. You know, she can be the the lead of this or or Joseph You know Joseph could be the lead of this too. I think he would be a cool main character as well I want an evil within three. I love this game so much. It's one of the it it's honestly It's one of my favorite survival horror games. I've ever played. It's absolutely fantastic the evil within two also underrated it seems like uh, less people really talked about this than uh, than shoulda because this game is so so fantastic so what did 2017 David think of all these video games? Well, he didn't think about video games, apparently. No, I didn't have a list. Uh, I think at that time, it was either, like, just before I got my PlayStation 4, or it was, like, I just got my PlayStation 4 fairly recently, and so I hadn't played enough games in that year to make it worth even trying to make a list, you know? And so, I didn't make a list. <clears throat> so going backwards from here... There will probably be no video game lists, only the movie lists, until those disappear. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll still make the, the ones for the video games that I think are the greatest of that year, but I won't have ones for uh, my past self thinking what were the great ones from that year. Uh, let's real quick look at the Game Awards here, though. What were they thinking when it comes to 2017? So, looking at the just the Game of the Year nominations here, we got Super Mario Odyssey... We got PUBG, we got Persona 5, and we got Horizon Zero Dawn. And then winning the best game of the year here is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, of these, I've played Horizon Zero Dawn and PUBG. Uh, PUBG came out this year. I like PUBG Mobile. I'm not, I guess I'm not a big fan of PUBG on other consoles or PC or anything, so... I guess that's why it doesn't make my list. PUBG Mobile's good, though. I, I like that. Uh, <clears throat> so, of these, then... I've played PUBG, I've played Horizon Zero Dawn, I've technically played the first some hours of uh, Persona 5, not a ton, but it was the kind of thing, I am not an RPG fan, and I am especially not a turn-based RPG fan, which is what that is, and so I'm like, dude, is it worth, like, suffering through this combat that I really dislike in order to experience the story, which does legitimately seem interesting, and then I looked it up, and then, no, it takes, like, 90 hours to beat this game, and it's like, forget that, I'm not playing Persona, uh, so... I've played PUBG, <laughs> I've played Horizon Zero Dawn. Of those two, obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn would be my pick, but I, you know, I, I would rather have seen Hellblade on there, or The Evil Within 2, or something, or even, you know, Wolfenstein on there, or something. I would rather have seen some other games on here. That said, I've never played Breath of the Wild, which everybody says, oh my goodness, it's so amazing and stuff. You know, and I'm curious about it. What people say about it, it, it might just not be my type of game. Uh... I don't have a Nintendo Switch, I don't have any Nintendo consoles, never have actually, uh, so, you know, that means I miss out on all the Super Smash Bros. games, and the, the Mario Kart games, which I think would be fun, uh, and potentially something like Breath of the Wild, which I think could be fun. Uh, I am curious about getting a Switch at some point in the future, but will I get that, or will I get a PlayStation 5, I mean, at this point, if... If I'm gonna get one or the other, I'll probably end up getting a PlayStation 5 before I get a, a Switch. Uh, which, PlayStation 5 isn't even released yet, but I mean, that's probably gonna be the way it goes. Uh, 
Looking at some of the other awards they gave out here, Best Narrative, uh, I thought it was cool that both Hellblade and Nier Automata uh, were were uh, nominated for Best Narrative because I, I definitely think those two have some of the best narrative that came out this year. Uh, but they lost to Edith Finch, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, then Nier Automata did win the best score, which it absolutely deserves. Nier Automata has one of the best scores I've ever heard in a video game ever. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice won best audio design, which as I was talking about with all the voices in your head and all that kind of stuff, absolutely deserved that. Great use of kind of the, the was it binaural audio or whatever that is, where you can really tell where these voices are coming from. Very, very cool. Uh, best performance also from Hellblade. Uh, you got Melina Jargons as Senua. Uh, just an absolutely phenomenal performance as Senua and Senua's Sacrifice. So definitely deserves that as well. Cuphead won best art direction, which I didn't play Cuphead. I actually... That's not true. I played a little bit of Cuphead with my brother because it's it's co-op game, and uh, I mean I didn't I didn't like it. This is not my type of game at all. I think it's extremely impressive to watch people play this game and be good at it. And you know, speedruns of this game is really impressive, you know. But like, I I I don't. This is not my type of game at all. The the shmup boss fight, all the thing, you know. It's it's not my type of game at all. I said best art direction. I mean, yeah, either go to that or to uh, Hellblade, in my opinion, because, man, the, the, the art direction of Cuphead is phenomenal, man. Uh, Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus won the best action game of the year, which is pretty cool, and then the best fighting game of the year went to Injustice 2, uh, which, is, uh, which is pretty great, because I, I really enjoyed Injustice 2. And that's all for 2017. Overall, I think it was it was a good year. You know, it was a great year in um, media here. You know, as far as all these movies, tons of movies that I really liked. Some really good video games in there as well, though. You know, not an extremely strong top 10 list, I would say, but a, a very strong top, like, 5 list, I would say for sure, in video games. Overall, really good, solid year. Really, uh... Yeah, I enjoyed looking back at this year, and I look forward to looking back at 2016 in the next episode of this decade's list of looking through this decade in media. That is it for this time, guys. What is your favorite movie, by the way, of 2017? What is your favorite video game of 2017 and 16? And I can get it on the next episode as well if you write in. Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys about this. That is it for this episode of the Helix Reviews Podcast. This is David Arrington of the Helix Reviews Podcast. Signing out. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>